the 1980s. Those were the days. Good music, good fashion, good food, good cars, simple cars. Cars were cars back then. These days cars are technical and, and mechanical and just difficult to understand and confusing and sometimes breakable machines. You know, they are tools more than which they were in the 1980s. In the 1980s, a car would come out with aircon or suspension or a cassette player or roll up windows because cars didn't have windows before the 1980s. These days, cars come out with active suspension, radar cruise control, hybrid technology. These are the type of times we live in. Your common first car now has 56 airbags. And uh, six voice control commands which tells you where to go or what to do or which song you'd like to play on your Spotify playlist. Which is cars in the 1980s were basically four wheels, a steering wheel and three pedals, sometimes two though. Um, but they were much simpler. They were used for utilitarian reasons. They were not just this comfortable and pleasant, luxurious machine. They were actually just cars. So I'd like to go through a list of cars which I compiled, which were your typical first car in the 1980s. This was cars that maybe was released in the 1980s, cars released much earlier that people still bought as their first car. Student car, young adult car, first work car, whatever it may be, however it may look like. This was the typical first cars in the 1980s. So the first one is actually something that is known for its sportier version and it's the Peugeot 205 but not the GTI. The GTI was a bit too expensive and only came a bit later on for the 1980s but bear with me. The normal 205 was still regarded as one of the greatest hot hatches or well, just hatchbacks in general for that era. It was released with a 1.1 litre 37 kilowatt and an astonishing 84 newton meters of torque engine also called the suitcase engine probably because it was so small inline four aluminium block this is the type of stuff we're talking about now build quality inside was improving from previous Peugeot's like the 106 um, usually cars of this era wasn't known for their build quality the interior especially would fall apart if you would sneeze the wrong way or windows would fall out if you maybe looked at it the wrong way so um, build quality wasn't amazing but these cars were so fun to drive because there was no limiting factors there were no wltp filters particulate filters stuff trying to you know save the polar bears but i'm still for the polar bears but i'm just saying like cars maybe were a bit more enjoyable i had a bit more character because there was just nothing restricting it your a pillar which is basically the pillar between your side window and your front window can't remember why yeah anyway um those eight pillars were basically as thick as a child's forearm which these days are not in any way within regulations and and safety rules and regulations which is probably good but those days cars weren't like mini tanks you know those days cars were just four wheels and a steering wheel as i said so build quality was amazing interesting about the 205 getting back to it um, it weighs 780 kilograms, which is extremely light. And it still took 17 seconds from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour. So those weren't fast cars, but it's long suspension travel and it's accurate steering made it such an approachable and 
fun and, and dynamic drive, actually. That's why people enjoyed it so much. This was bigger than your typical super mini, as they would call it in those times. It was about 3.7 meters in length, which is so short in today's terms. But still, what a great car. Next up, we have the amazing, the famous, the benchmark, the Volkswagen Golf Mark II. So the Golf Mark II was, as I said, the benchmark, the how do you call it? The one who basically paved the way for what our hatchback should be. From the Mark 1 even, the Golf established itself as top dog, the one to beat in the market. Typical like the Porsche 911 for the sports cars, the Golf was for the hatchbacks, mainly because it was a cunny do it in Afrikaans, which means it can't die. The engine is unbreakable. The interior is really, really solid and of good quality. Um, nice cloth or leather seats, um, four-speed manual, 1.3-liter engine. Those were the type of ingredients you need to make a solid hatchback. And the Golf just had it. Family, students, even people who were executives or, or working big firms, whatever, they would buy the Golf because they know it's the one they can trust. It actually had a 1.5-liter later on, which produced 51 kilowatt, taking it to 0 to 100 in 12.8 seconds. Very slow, but still actually good for that time. It was produced between 1978 and 2010, which is very long. We have the Ford Fiesta Mark II next. Mark? Mark. Mark II next. <laughs> the Ford Fiesta is today commonly known as one of the most famous and one of the most popular first cars and interesting why I say popular one of the model names typical like GLE GLX or whatever one of the model names for the Ford Fiesta in that time was the popular and the popular X or the popular L I think uh, which was interesting um, it was produced between 1983 and 89 so also very much 80s car uh, <laughs> one of the Interesting features it had was a wraparound headlights with indicators. That is the type of quality cars you get in the 1980s. It had a top speed of 86 miles an hour, which was a 5 miles per hour increase from Mark 1. Another interesting stat is that it actually featured seatbelt for real seats. This is the type of features you get on a new car in the 1980s. Seatbelts for the rear seats. Um, and of course, the first diesel Fiesta was introduced in just generation. Point being, it was a lovely looking car, very well driving car, even though it was American, it was actually, you know, built very well. They sold about 1.5 million units, which was good enough to make it what it is today. There were about 17 million Fiestas in total that rolled off the production line up until a few years ago. So it just goes to show how popular this car is. Next up, the Fiat Uno. So this was a straight-on competitor with the Peugeot 205, but unfortunately, the Peugeot 205 wiped the feet off the floor of the Fiat Uno. The Fiat Uno was not so well built. It wasn't an amazing chassis. The driving was average compared to the 205 because this was its competitor, even though it was a bit smaller, so maybe not in the same super mini range as the 205, even though the because the Uno was a bit smaller, it was still a very attractive and very, very popular car. Five million units were sold and was often regarded as the best-selling car in Europe. From its 0.9-litre engine, it actually produced also 34 kilowatts, similar to the 205, but only a mere 66 newton meters of torque. 
So a very good first car. Still people today in South Africa, which South Africa only later on received the Fiat Uno. They still like it. They still drive it. They still pimp it and mod it. For some reason, people modify the Fiat Unos because it just looks good, I think. Anyway, the last two cars are very much wild cars. These are cars that, together with all these, are still used as first cars today. But they were built much, much earlier. And through the years, the popularity of these cars just don't die. First up, the Austin Mini, the Mark 1 Mini. I don't have to tell you much about this car because you don't really care. It looks cute. It drives well. It's just an awesome looking car. It represents so much fun and and good driving experiences. And you often make a connection with love movies or rom-coms whatever but this car is actually mechanically a miracle it was regarded as one of the cars that united the different classes so even if you were loaded and you worked as an executive for such a firm whatever you'd still buy the mini the thing about the mini is there was a lot of clubs catering for it so as soon as you bought a mini you were invited into those clubs this was social events it gave you clout as the kids say these days. But it was a very mechanically well-built car. Yes, there are a lot of problems with these cars, especially if you buy one of them now and some of them were restored very badly. But it was actually very easy to fix, very easy to repair, and quite reliable. Even though it had next to zero power, I think it actually had, yes, it had a 0.85 engine later on, became the 1.1, and 1.3 there were a few but the 0.85 which is one of the most sought after mark 1 minis actually had 25 kilowatt and 60 newton meters of torque and it took 32 seconds from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour um that's an eternity just to give you an idea your typical golf one liter golf does it in what i'd say seven seconds these days so they are very very slow but very cute and of course minis are cult vehicles people are so so passionate about it and they go racing with it and they modify it and they restore it and they still drive today um typically known also for mr bean that is where you first probably saw the mini but yes very popular cars and still used as first cars even today and the next car which is also used as first car today is the volkswagen beetle the original people's car so volkswagen in dutch or german actually means the people's car if you didn't know and the volkswagen beetle was actually commissioned by the Führer himself adolf hitler he wanted to build a car that was economical family friendly that he could use and people could use for autobahns which he would build and well it became one of the best selling cars about ever about 21.5 million was sold over the years and Volkswagen even decided to build new versions of Beetles which didn't do as well because it was basically a Barbie car but what's so special about the Beetle is actually it was made by the one and only Ferdinand Porsche the founder of Porsche itself so the GT3 RS the GT3 uh, the GT2 RS, all the great Porsches you have today, made their offspring from the Volkswagen Beetle. Now, I'm a massive Porsche fan, and a lot of my friends tease me because they say, well, you basically like Beetles. Like, oh, look at that Beetle, there's a wing on. Or, oh, flat six Beetles, you know, that's awesome. So I sometimes do get irritated. But 
you can't deny the fact that this car is a legend. The 1200 and the 1300 uh, was sold between 57 and 2003. And it had about 30 kilowatt from the 1.2, 88 newton meters flat four. This flat four actually became the engine that was used as the beach buggy. Your typical beach buggy these days have beetle engines, beetle clutches, beetle internals, because that's where it came from. And it actually took 35 seconds from 0 to 100. But irregardless, it really doesn't matter for any of these cars what their performance figures were because they were basically the poster boys of, of those age, the, the budget-friendly poster boys, if, if I can put it that way. But still today, these cars are so popular and so sought after because of the character, because of what they represented. There's a lot of sentimental value behind it that honestly trumps every single stat and problem or, or whatever niggle these cars may have. And it just goes to show how simple the 1980s was. So maybe go about asking your dad, asking your your parents or your uncle, your aunts. You know, maybe ask them, what were your first car in the 1980s? How did it look like for you? And maybe start a conversation. I think that would be quite an interesting one. But I want to thank you for joining. Please take the time to maybe review, engage if you liked it. If you want to chat about, I don't know, my shirt, my hair, or the background, maybe email us at overrunbrand.gmail.com. Uh, if you want me to drive your Beetle or your Mini, that would also be awesome. You can DM me on Instagram for that. So I want to thank you, and I hope you enjoyed. And remember, it's it's better loving cars than loving drugs. Cheers. Mm-hmm.